And now, please welcome Pastor Paul Gibbs. It's all I want in life. Just a little more respect. Not a lot, just a little. Just a little, maybe a little admiration, you know. It's true. It's true, it's true. At least I still got one toddler left. So, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, they're not here this morning. They, they, we, I got had sick babies this week, so that's why Sonia is not with us. Normally, if you're a guest with us, um, normally Sonia, my wife and I, co-pastor here, uh, do this teaching time together. And and normally, what we've been doing is working through a book of the Bible. So we just finished the book of James, but um, we, I, I would say, just kind of collectively as a elder team. Uh, kind of put a pause on a lot of things um, to really address some of our own uh, emotional health, because as, as many of you heard and know that um, we've um, said yes to experimenting with the, uh, uh, with the Methodists uh, over at um, Sunnyside uh, Community Center and um, or Community House, I think is what it's called. The actual building is called that. Um, but it's owned by the United Methodists, and they've invited us through a relationship that Sonia's fostered there to um, take a year and uh, basically run this facility. And it would it's going to give us a, a chance for maybe a permanent home. Um, and any many of you know uh, the ins and outs of what it's been uh, over the last, uh, coming on a decade, which is kind of wild to think. Uh, October, it'll be the 10-year anniversary of the launch of the Groves. So, I mean, that's significant in Portland uh, when the mortality rate for church plants is, I don't know, like 1%, 3%, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's rough, man. Um, and so we are grateful. We're gra- I'm uh, so grateful that we have this community of people worshiping in this place. And, um, and we are moving forward, but we know it's going to be a challenge. Uh, and oh, and thank you to all of you who responded and were willing to come out and clean and get ready for the event last night and then um, didn't have to because they decided to put it in a different room. And so we didn't have to have the and, and especially those of you who um, didn't follow the directions and, and let Sonia know you were coming. So she couldn't tell you that we weren't going to be there. So thank you for you who actually showed up to the building and we weren't there. Um, so that shows your commitment level is is awesome well what will show it is if you do it again that that'll really yeah it's a one, one and done you've you've burnt it yes did you have a question oh man yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, that brings up a, a, a point about this age we live in. Um, 
I mean, man has always been violent. Man has always been um, oppressive. This is the history of humankind, and, and, and then the manifestations of it in this age, we seem to all be exposed to it um, on a, a level through media. And, and then, and then it, and it does seem like things are more intense in this era, uh, especially around our young adult culture, our young, uh, like our students and our young men, especially, um, there seems to, there's obviously something amiss, and and it and it does traumatize. Uh, obviously, you know, Kai being that close to it, or um, I- any of us that have had that closeness to violence, our our community has been uh, thoroughly torn uh, from that within this last year. Um, so it's heavy. Right. It's a heavy time. And um, so that's part of the reason. See, it, I have I, I, I believe in what we call like the infallibility of Scripture. Right? That's kind of the, the position I take on the Bible um, is that it will not fail to lead you to salvation. But you may be disappointed to find out. I don't think all the truth of the universe is found in the Bible. I think there's things we can learn from other places. And, uh, and, and so I've always subscribed to the, the saying that's gone around for a couple thousand years that all truth is God's truth wherever it may be found. If it's true, it's, it's from God. And, and so one of the things, you know, we've noticed is um, there are multiple ways to get to places of health. Um, and, uh, and, and it is fascinating as a believer, as a person who uh, practices um, you know, Christian spirituality to find that a lot of time when you follow different paths, um, they, they end up kind of circling back around to uh, like the same ideas, right? And what we're finding over and over again is that the, the trauma that's done to us causes us to feel separate from the rest of the world. We separate from each other. And um, what we need for healing to come back is feeling that sense of divine love, that sense of acceptance and, and wholeness that comes from God. And, um, but not everybody like goes right to there. Right. And so we're trying to facilitate, how do we become healthy as, as a group of people? Cause that moves us. And I believe it moves us uh, towards God. It enables us to be with each other and to be with God where we find that, that sense of acceptance and wholeness and, and, and divinity. And so, um, you know, this is kind of another installment in this series of, um, like, for me, I'm kind of like trying to talk from the heart and talk from experience rather than talk from my head, which is what I, I tend to lean into more than anything. Because uh, I love, you know, you guys know me. I love that. I love digging into languages in Scripture and, and, and reading the Greek and the Hebrew. And I've got my Greek and Hebrew study group that reads on Fridays. And we nerd out and have a fantastic time. And, and we've got our pub theology group on Wednesday nights that pull the ideas all apart. And I, I mean, I love that. That is one of the places where um, I really engage with God is in my mind. Um, but I've been really conscious about trying to, uh, uh, in, in these talks, um, speak from a little bit of a different place. And so today's going to be an, another one of those, I think. Um, but hopefully it's going to a, a, a maybe a different place because things have been so heavy in our culture lately and been so heavy. Uh, even the stuff we talk about is deep and is, is heavy and is weighty, right? And so... Um, I, I felt drawn to, well, I'm not going to give it away. We're just going to start because, you know, if you don't have an ambiguous opening, then what is a talk, right? Um, 
<laughs> so I'm going to open with a question, you know, that I want you guys to respond to. Um, okay, think about when you were a kid. Right, you can pick any time, but just, you know, a time when you're a kid. What was life about? Right, what was life about to you when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Just just actions. What's the actions? Ice cream? How's that? That's not a, a exclusive to childhood. That, <laughs> it's fair, though. It's fair. There, some truths are God's truths that last into eternity. There's got to be uh, ice cream in eternity, I hope. Um, certainly got to be something better. Friends? Ah. Oh, okay. Okay. Comic books. Barbies? <laughs> what? Weekends. Yeah, so get away from school. Yeah, oh, sleepovers. Yeah, oh, school. Yeah, some couldn't wait to leave. Some couldn't wait to go back. <laughs> oh, come on. Yes. Mighty Mouse. <laughs> yeah, speak up, Trevor. You can't. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. And I, I did want to take a moment and acknowledge uh, something about this um, idea. Because I'm thinking of the time before that kind of innocence begins to fade in our life. And, um, of course, I'm aware uh, that for some of us, that was cut short by the actions of others. And um, so I did want to take a moment and just acknowledge that. Acknowledge that for some, uh, childhood doesn't have uh, fond memories. And um, truly, as, as friends and, and family, we, we grieve with you for that, that loss. And, um, but I, I want us to uh, this, do this exercise as well as we can of trying to remember time before um, life's heaviness, you know, first kind of landed on, on your shoulders. That's, that's what I want you to kind of have in your mind and, and cherish what that is and to think about, you know, what was life about then? You know, for me, uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a stable and a safe home. I'm very grateful for that. Um, so I have a lot of memories that are full of, of joy and, and happiness, you know, from my childhood. So, um, for me every day, uh, some of you alluded to this same kind of idea, you know, that, that for me every day was about, um, fun, right? What is the fun that I'm going to have today? That, that, and, and that was what you were, that's what I was trying to explore. And um, so I was going, kind of going like, what would be the iconic image of childhood fun for me? And for me, it, and I think this is, is for a lot of other folks too, uh, is the, the summer evening, right? You're out of school. It's, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock. So it's dusk. There's still enough light to be out, but the day is waning. You know you got to get back in the house soon, but it's not quite over. And it's it's been hot, but now it's kind of cool because the sun's gone down. And then you're on your bikes with just a couple of friends and just riding, just riding 
the wind in your face, that, that, those moments, that's iconic to me for uh, my childhood. And I think for a lot of others too. Um, any Stranger Things fans in the house? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that series, you know, that imagery of those kids out on their bikes doing that, that so resonates with me. Just that idea is, is, uh, is, is uh, I don't have a better word. It's iconic for my childhood. Because, um, you know, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't like, you know, trying to get from A to B. We're just riding. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a form of transportation. We weren't concerned with burning calories or getting more cardio, right? That wasn't what was going on in our mind. We were just playing and having fun. But somewhere along the line, right, it was made clear to me that life is not about having fun. I, I've heard that over and over again. <laughs> start complaining it's not gonna be any fun you know life is not about f- having fun you know <laughs> like and so um you know these are well-intentioned people they're trying to teach you to be responsible i think um i don't know did any of you receive that same messaging do you remember when you got pushback on that desire of like I, i'm trying to have fun here and somebody's frustrated and they're like listen life is not about having fun and um so it leads me to the question of, you know, what have you learned that life is about as you transitioned from that, that stage of innocence and into life? What, what, what would we shout out now are the things that we say life is about? Oh, that's on my list. Go back to work, <laughs> says the manager. <laughs> Servitude? Oh, yeah, they can be good or bad, whatever. You know, you, 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 my list has both. Bills, bills, bills. Taxes. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> oh, you're getting ahead of me. <laughs> Kathy can see where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> he says a little more fun than than what you would allow <laughs> I think uh, like fulfillment personal fulfillment yeah in your work specifically yeah yeah Living in community. Hmm. Yeah. Boy, that's how we have to go through, isn't it? Because if you, I mean, if you don't hit the resistance, if you avoid resistance, you don't ever get to get to that place of thriving. You can just kind of stay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Maybe hyper aware of them in some cases, yeah, yeah. My, I mean, my list has, I, I think, most most of what you guys said. I, I wrote down um, the the messaging I've received that I that I would, if I just off the top of my head answered this question. Personal responsibility was like, okay, that's that's what being an adult is. Personal responsibility, productivity, right? 
These last few, these, you hear the very American nature of uh, many of these on the list. Productivity, making money, providing for my family. Then the Christian stuff comes in, right? Evangelism, <laughs> uh, friendship, worship, love, loyalty, service to others, personal growth and improvement. And you could get all, go on and on with these ideas of what life is about. And there's nothing wrong with really any of these on, on the list if they're, uh, I think, handled well, right? Handled responsibly. <laughs> but what I'm noticing is that fun gets removed from the list. Or at, at bare minimum, um, very little is done just for the sake of fun and joy alone. And this isn't to say that, you know, like I don't have fun in my life as an adult, but I, I tend to build dual purpose into everything now. Um, so I, I was thinking about like a, an example related to my, my uh, fun as a kid, my bicycle, right? I still ride a bike, but things have definitely changed. Uh, in childhood, it was definitely just for fun, for the joy of riding, like, you know, we talked about. But um, in adulthood, cycling has become something different, right? I was thinking about it. Ethical, what? Oh, it's called cycling. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's a good place to start. <laughs> I never, yeah, we were never like, hey, you want to go cycling? You know? <laughs> no. Yeah. And it was never an ethical transportation choice, you know? <laughs> For, for for me, there's been a time where, uh, at least until I got my Prius, you know, it was an ethical transportation choice for me. Um, two-wheeled prayer, right? This is one of the things I loved. I love riding my bike. So I will sometimes, uh, and and have even organized uh, groups of folks to go and ride and just kind of circle our city and, and pray for our city. Um, two-wheeled evangelism. When I first moved here, I was like thinking of ways I could connect with people. And um, when I first moved here uh, uh, over a decade ago, the the fixie, single-speed fixie bike craze was all the rage. And so I got into that and built my bike out, and, and it was a way that I could have common ground and, and uh, begin conversations with people and, and connect. Um, fitness program, right? That's, that's, that's a big part of what it is for me now. I'm, I've kind of got back into riding my bike in the last couple weeks um, for the, almost the sole purpose of going, ah, I need to be exercising. I haven't been getting enough exercise. So I'm getting back into it. Oh, it's even been a fundraising platform for me. You know, we, we rode that, that long, like 600-mile uh, bike ride a few years ago to raise money for, um, for, uh, yeah, for Cupcake Girls. Yeah, so, uh, so there's fun. It's, it's fun to do, but it's not just for the sake of fun, right? It, it, there's something in me that drives me now of like, well, that, I, I need to I need to make this productive. I need to make this this needs to be doing something, not just having fun. And I find this happening kind of in every area of my life. Um, I, I I feel this like desire to be productive in every way. So even if I'm vegging too long in front of a screen, you know, watching Stranger Things, for instance, I'm on my practice pad you know, uh, working on uh, drum rudiments, or I've got a guitar or my mandolin, and I'm running scales or working on my skill set there. Or, or if I do it too long, then I just, I have to switch to documentaries because at least then I'm learning something, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm trying to relax, 
but uh, I need to learn something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, uh, so I'm sitting there processing this stuff, asking, like, why am I like this? And, you know, my, my own personality is, is a big part of it. I've talked about that a little bit, just the, the sense of perfectionism is uh, something that drives me. So I, I feel like I'm always needing to improve upon things. And, and so um, with the limited amount of time we have in this world, I, I build these uh, patterns into my life of always doing. Um, maybe it's the fact that I was raised with biblical literalism. I thought about that. So I did a, a word search. I searched multiple English translations of the Bible for the word fun. <laughs> and the only use of the word fun I could find in any English translation was the phrase to make fun of. <laughs> like, like as a, you know, to mock. That's the only fun. <laughs> so literally, there is no fun in the Bible. It's, there's, it's just not there, you know, in a, in a literal sense. Um, and if there's no fun in the Bible, how could there be any fun in church? Because it is serious work. Huh? Yeah. Eternity is on the line all the time, right? Thinking, especially theological thinking, is serious business. And good thinking always begins with a problem, right? <laughs> there's a little, yeah. I am questioning myself as I say the things that I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I, and this is what I do. I'm trying to reflect and go, well, why do I have this, this, this thing going on with me? And it is. It's so easy to take yourself too seriously and allow joy and fun to be squeezed out. Or it, maybe it's not that for you. Maybe it's stress, Right. Maybe it's stress that squeezes it out. Or maybe it's fears and anxiety that you, that you have. Maybe that's what does it. But they all affect your quality of life, and they affect your happiness, your, your sense of joy. And, you know, some of you at this point in the talk are thinking, like, why is he talking about fun and happiness and stress in my quality of life? This should be a sermon, Right? <laughs> therapy session no in short i think god cares about our whole selves right i think he cares about all of this and maybe we need to hear it from kind of a pulpit of sorts that someone else believes that you need more than prayer and bible study to live a full and happy life and maybe it is possible that god actually would meet us in times other than just church prayer and bible study I hope God is with us in this sermon where I have done very little Bible study. I, I, hope, I hope he's meeting us here. And it was intentional. I, I, I wanted to ha have a place where we talked about this loss of joy and this loss of happiness in our life as we grow up um, and, and, uh, and not just give you like a proof text and be like, here, take this Bible text and then now you are happy. Right, like I wasn't going to do that because I think this is a, this is like an exercise that we need to to move forward in. But don't worry, there's some Bible stuff coming. Um, so I didn't ask for your statements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's serious business, as I just stated. 
<laughs> no, you're right. I mean, that's the that that is one of the so there's immense strength in the idea of listening to God speak to us through his word. Right. That the, the wisdom and the depth and the stuff we find there is powerful and it points us to God and, and leads us into this relationship. But sometimes that's kind of my point of what I was saying at the beginning is we limit then. I think we kind of limit where God can even interact with us. And so I, this is what I've been processing the last few days is does God meet us in these places of fun? Do we even consider that 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 he is there? in the things that we enjoy to do that give us that sense of glee or just joy just for the sake of fun is are those places where God can can move and be and I would say absolutely and I think we need we need to experience um, fun and joy and I think we know this intuitively we know this from the memory of childhood but as adults we need articles and psychological studies and TED talks to tell us that um, so Here's some information from an article um, called The Importance of Having Fun for Your Mental Health. So this is authoritative. Um, <laughs> it was on the internet. <laughs> fun is important for many reasons. For one, it allows us to enjoy our day. When we have fun, our body produces feel-good hormones that are critical to a healthy mind and body. It is also critical to reinforce positive habits and to connect with others. Fun is a central component of happiness. And so there's uh, no end to the discussion of joy in Scripture, especially in the Psalms. And that, that, that word is all over Scripture, right? And, and, and what... This uh, person and then other psychological studies will show is that the uh, moments of play and fun are ways that you lead to having more happiness or having more joy in your life. And so really what we're talking about here is a, a tool, right? A tool for finding yourself in a place where you're more open to joy, you're more open to happiness, and this is a sermon, not a TED Talk, so like I said, we do need to do some Bible stuff, I suppose. Um, can we see examples of Jesus leading us to a place of fun? So the first thing that came to mind for me is how about the sight of his first miracle? Right? The first miracle. John chapter 2 tells the story of Jesus at this party. This, this wedding celebration, these are epic parties in that culture. Multiple days would they celebrate and have these parties. And if you know the story, you know that the, the wine runs out. And Jesus' mom, for some reason, thinks Jesus should address this problem, right? And she's like, hey, you need to do something about the wine. We're out of wine. And um, so Jesus, you know this, turns the water into wine. And not just like, Two buck Chuck, right? Like they, they. I, I think it was at Trader Joe's, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. Um, apparently, it was very good wine, right? Is it three buck Chuck now? Um, John chapter two, verse nine says this gives us this evidence of the kind of wine that he made. When the head steward tasted the water that had been turned to wine, not knowing where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the cheaper wine when the guests are drunk. But you've kept the good wine until now. And so it, Jesus must be a good winemaker. 
right? Or how about the story of Jesus calling Matthew, right? Matthew, tax collector, we've talked about this stuff in, in this culture, loathed by many uh, because he's seen as kind of an agent of the oppressing force. And Jesus, you know, calls him Matthew chapter nine, verse nine. And Jesus went on from here and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax booth. Follow me, he said to him. And he got up and followed him. As Jesus was having a meal in Matthew's house, so they make this jump, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with Jesus and his disciples. So it's another party, right? And this is, becomes a pattern. You know, you read the Gospels, you see this. Part of this is, is a big part of the more communal nature of the culture than maybe what we experience at times. But the, this is still uh, expressing something, a place where joy and fun and this stuff happens in here. Um, uh, even a time where Jesus uh, clearly just invites himself to somebody's house. Uh, uh, Jesus and the story of Zacchaeus. Um, you've heard of Zacchaeus. He's another tax collector. And um, he was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he climbed up into a sycamore tree, I believe, to see what he could see. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, Luke chapter 19, verse 5 says, And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, because I must stay at your house today. We're going to have the party at your place. So you get down here. I know you've got some extra cash you've been stealing. And so we're going to go spend some of that. And so he came down quickly and welcomed Jesus joyfully. And when the people saw it, they all complained, He has gone in to be the guest of the man who is a sinner. So, you know, my understanding is um, eating together would have been part of this visit, right? That, that, that level of hospitality, that gathering. And Jesus is crossing these, these social norms, right? And he developed a bit of a reputation as a person who liked to have fun and party, right? You may be familiar with this verse, um, Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 18, he's in this conversation with, with the, the judgmental religious people and um, basically saying, you guys, you guys, no matter how God comes to you, uh, whether it be through my cousin John or me, you can't, you can't appreciate it. You can't see it. And he kind of sums up part of this statement with, with saying, for John came neither eating nor drinking. So John was an ascetic person, right? He lived out in the wilderness. He wore rough clothing. He uh, drank only water and, you know, like he very limited diet. So he fasted a lot. He's, you know, one of those folks that just like, I, I'm, I'm giving up stuff so I can be focused on the work of God, right? He's like that. Right? So John came neither eating nor drinking, and, he, and they say he has a demon. The son of man, or Jesus, came eating and drinking. And they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. In other words, um, God's at work in both of these forms. Right? Now, I don't think that Jesus was a drunk or a glutton. He got this reputation for being with them, but I don't think he was actually a drunk or a glutton. However, I do think um, he was a uh, was and still is a friend of sinners. And I do think he's willing to be with us in times of fun. And I think uh, we need exactly the kind of fun we see him participating in. We need time together that is just for fun. Um, 
This is, I mean, I'll fully admit, this is something we don't do well as a, as a faith community, the Groves. We don't do this very well because we have all these serious people <laughs> that are leading and thinking. And, 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 and so this is kind of a call for those of you who are the fun people. You need to help us. We need your help. Yeah. Because <laughs> if we let ourselves have fun, we're going to be healthier for it. Zip it. Um, see, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so fun. <laughs> no, I think we as a church family, we need more of this. So this is my call. Where are our party planners? And I am not joking about this at all. We need your gifts. We need you to be like Jesus in this way. We need you to bring the wine. Right? We need you to make the party. We need you, uh, well, if you can make the wine out of water, that would be cool too. Um, We need you to invite yourself over for an impromptu party. I hope you're hearing me. we, We speak about this on occasion that in these settings, like church kind of settings, those of us that sit in front of a mic or play an instrument, we get a lot of FaceTime, and um, the gifts of others aren't uh, appreciated as much, and we suffer for it. We suffer as a community if we don't recognize hospitality and those who could lead us into these places of restoration and health through having fun together. We suffer if we don't um, honor your gifts, if that's something you do. We need you. We need you just as bad as, as we need a talk or as we need a, a, a song. We, we need the body to be, the body of Christ to operate in, our, in fullness. And so if this is resonating with you, know that this is a call. We need you to be fully who it is that you are to be that place of hospitality. You know, I need you to do this. I'll be the first to admit that I take myself and my attempts at purpose in this life way too seriously. In my nature, it's what I do. I need my friends and my family to pull me out of those times because I can't do it by myself. I'm a... I'm, I'm addicted to trying to <laughs> perfect the world and to make things right around me. And I need somebody to stop and say, hey, let's play a game. And yeah, I'll be like, well, what's the point of this game? You know, why, why are we doing this? And you're just like, shut up. We're just going to go have fun. You know, I, I wish Jeff was here because I, I wanted to thank him. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, you can take Jeff's, thank you. Okay. Um, last week, uh, Jeff, over the last few weeks, see, Jeff had been, um, talking to our elder pastoral team and being like, Hey, I got this deal. I'm going to, we're going to do an escape night. You guys know what that is? It's like the escape room game. Um, and, uh, he's trying to get it organized. You know, nobody's responding. Nobody's telling him when they can go. We're like, yeah, yeah. Escape room. Okay. Whatever. And he's like, guys, I got this escape room. I'm trying to, you know, I want to go do this with you guys. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, and it's just not, not nobody's like, because we're all serious people doing serious business, right? And and and, uh, and finally, Jeff is like, okay, this isn't working. My birthday's coming up. For my birthday, 
we're doing the escape room. Okay, here's the dates, you know. (laughs) So we go and we have a wonderful time. That's just fun. That was just fun. And in the midst of uh, the stress and the strain of, of what's going on with the transition of everything we're doing and the meetings that uh, different parts of our team are taking to try to get us ready to make this transition into a new space, um, we needed just something to just, to just have fun together. And that's all it was. And I say God met us in that place in, in a different way. I, I thought was, as I was praying about this, thinking about this, I was like, um, I was riding my motorcycle, and um, and some of you've heard me say this. I can't even like just admit that I just want to ride my motorcycle because it's fun. I'm like, you know, I I always get great parking when I ride my motorcycle. That's my <laughs> this is what I love the most about riding my motorcycle is the parking. I can just park anywhere. I don't have to look for parking. It's wonderful. I really do like that. But it's like I won't let myself get into that space. And as I was processing this, I was riding home um, from the coffee shop that I'd been working at. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, God, I, I want to open that part of my mind to you. Like, when I'm riding and, and just enjoying this, you're there. You're the source of all joy. You're the source of all happiness. If I'm experiencing joy and happiness, I'm in some way connecting, experiencing you. And I want to acknowledge that and, and grow in that. Um, I need somebody to put on the music and say, let's dance, right? And that's super hard for me, you guys. Super tough for me, right? I come from like a conservative faith tradition that once held the belief that we shouldn't have sex because it might lead to dancing. You heard me. And so dancing is so hard for me, so difficult. I can't, I feel so awkward. I, I'll play all night long while you guys dance, for sure. <laughs> but dancing, it just, it, it strikes a vulnerability in me that I just, uh, I, it. so if Sonia would have been here, I'd be thanking her for intentionally going, we're not going to be this kind of family anymore. She like literally just is like, uh, okay, these kids aren't going to grow up not being familiar with the joy of just being able to move your body when music is playing and, and not feel weird about it. And so she just has started doing it. She'll just put music on, and, and now it's become a thing. You know, Dominic, our, our youngest one, will be like, he'll just ask for it. Mama, TV dancing. That means turn Pandora on, on the TV, and we're going to dance. And how can you not dance when your three-year-old tells you, like, let's dance? Right? And it brings us to a place of joy and happiness and, and vulnerability. And it is a beautiful thing. And, and I'm going to keep asserting I think it is a God thing. And I think it is a God thing that I know I have uh, had short supply of in, in my uh, recent years. And um, it's a place God wants to heal us, I think. So I'll just close with this. Let's take some time and have fun. Trust that Jesus will risk the scandal of hanging out with us um, somewhere other than church. 
I didn't come up with like a fun ending. I, I just now thought of that. There should have been like, instead of our traditional ending, there should be like a dance party. Yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll close and you can, well, they've, we've got a song. I don't know. We'll, we'll play. And, um, you know, if, if you want to take communion and, and laugh while you do it, instead of being somber let's do that i don't know um i don't know you guys i at this time i'm just thinking off the top of my head out loud and it's not good um <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, <laughs> thank you that's very helpful um <laughs> yeah so um with this awkward transition we'll move towards kind of our typical thing we'll take a moment respond and reflect um maybe you know you can pray for sure but Think of something. Make it a goal. Take a moment. What am I going to do this week that is going to be a time of fun? Am I going to be the one that, like, throws a party this week and invites people over? You know, like, just come up with something and and determine to do it in these few moments while we're playing some music. And then we'll close uh, with reading our scripture together, as we always do. So I love you guys. appreciate you. I, I think God... Uh, loves us and wants to move us towards places of peace and happiness and and health so he can send us out into this world to be salt and light and um i think you guys are that and i'm so glad to have you be in my life and so with that i'll turn it over to these guys